0: Good morning. How are we doing? Good. I am good. It is good to be back with you. I see some faces here that haven't been here in a while. It's good to to see you back in the room. Um, You may have noticed on your way in, or actually um, in one of the seats you sat in, or maybe a seat next to you, that there is a note card there. So keep that note card with you. Uh, If you have a pen, great. If you don't, find one. There's pens on the seat backs in front of you. Um, We're going to go back to those note cards at the end of the sermon. You know, I was thinking as uh, Selah was talking and Mickey was giving our communion meditation and offering, and then just through worship, uh, there's a lot of heavy hearts in this room right now. Uh, There's people whose hearts are heavy in our church who aren't here right now for various reasons. Uh, We have uh, people in our faith family at Hillcrest who have lost loved ones Um, this week. Uh, people who continue to, to fight cancer. Um, there's just a lot going on, not only in the global church, but in this faith family here at Hillcrest Christian Church. And so there's a lot of heavy hearts, which I believe uh, is the reason why this message and this text today is so timely. I want to ask you a question. What do you think? What comes to your mind when you see or hear this word, anxiety? Let's think about that for a moment. What, when you see the word, when you hear it, what, what's going through your mind right now when you see that word anxiety? Or maybe worry? There's no doubt in my mind that every single person in this room right now is, is worried about something. Something that might be giving you anxiety. We have people in our church that we're praying for every single week. We're fighting cancer. Constantly we're being notified and emailed and called or text saying, hey, this this is going on, will you please pray? People are worried about many things. Every single one of us in this room. Sickness remains high on the list of people that we're worried about. I'm getting a phone call right now on my iPad. It's flu season right now. We we, we continue to war with COVID-19. There's a lot to be worried about. We've had a complete government shutdown, a worldwide pandemic. People have literally, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people have lost their jobs in 2020 with an economic crisis that still seems to loom in the atmosphere, the uncertainty of of what might happen, the uncertainty and rumors of another pandemic, another government shutdown, another shelter in place. Maybe if you're watching the news you've seen and heard, people are discussing these very things all over again. Maybe you have friends and, and family members, relatives, uh, your neighbors, your coworkers. they're closed off to the gospel. They want nothing to do with Jesus. Maybe that worries you. Maybe that's given you anxiety because we know what happens to those who are in Christ. In the last day. So those who don't believe in the gospel, maybe that worries you. Maybe that gives you anxiety. Maybe it keeps you up at night. And we continue to, we live in this season, of this, this 2020 that everybody keeps talking about. You see it on the news all the time. The uncertainty of what's to come. Maybe what worries you is you're constantly in this season of life. You just have more month than money. Maybe Maybe financially you're struggling and and you worry about that. Maybe that keeps you up at night. Maybe you're anxious about that. And of course, the elephant in the room, our current political climate. We're just days away from one of the most controversial, uh, high-profile elections in U.S. history. Let me ask you a question. Are you worried? This upcoming election, this current climate... uh, that we're in right now, this political climate, does it give you anxiety at all? Are you concerned with what's to come in the future? See, 2020, is, uh, that's good. Some people aren't. Some people are. That's just the reality. Some people are very concerned right now. 2020 has caused people to be very tense. We have a lot of uncertainty still ahead of us. I'm sure every single person in this room is asking or thinking the same Thing. When will life get back to normal? When will life get back to normal? You know, normal, like when people don't have to wear masks on their faces. Normal, uh, when like you go to a, a sporting event. Remember when, when people went to sporting events? When, when football games didn't have, uh, they're, they're playing in front of zero people? The NBA Finals, zero people in the stands? Remember when people went to sporting events? Remember when you didn't have to wait in line to go to Trader Joe's or Kroger? Wherever you get your groceries, uh, some of these grocery stores are causing people to wait in line. There's only a certain amount of people that can go into grocery stores. Still restaurants are only allowing 50 to even 75% capacity. It's like every other table is vacant. Remember when uh, coughing wasn't a death threat? <laughs> Remember when that was normal? Normal? Sneezing wasn't uh, a death threat? When will life get back to normal? So are you worried? Are you concerned? Uh, maybe right now, uh, this certain political climate, it hasn't concerned you one bit. Maybe what concerns you, maybe what you're worried about is, is, is you're having relationship problems. Maybe you're having marital problems. Maybe your, your finances aren't where you would like them to be. You see, when you started 2020, you were solid, but... But then things changed because the world changed and now you're not so solid anymore. Maybe you're anxious about that right now. Does any of those things, there's, things that, there's so many things happening that I'm not even mentioning, do they give you anxiety? Today we find ourselves in this section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount where He talks about anxiety. He talks about worry. But I want you to know something about Jesus before we read this text in the Sermon on the Mount. The Apostle Paul writes this about Jesus. He says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him all things hold together. No matter what happens in the world, our God is sovereign over all. All things. He created every mountain, every river, every valley, every ocean, every human body living and breathing on this planet. Jesus created. And at this very moment, He is in complete control of all things. He is seated upon a throne, high and lifted up. He has not lost control. He's never once lost control. He stays in complete control of all things. And in Him, all things hold together. The Bible says that Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. That He is is the very One who supplies you and I with oxygen. Jesus created the atmosphere. Jesus knows more about the human body than any world-renowned or world-class surgeon. And every piece of your body was knitted in the womb by Jesus. And so it's interesting because all of the great things that Jesus could have talked about in the Sermon on the Mount, like uh, outer space or black holes or, you know, how there, there's billions of stars and then billions of galaxies, all of these things that are so unfathomable to the human mind. Jesus, he could have talked about eternal life in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. He could have talked about, uh, you know, what it's like, like a, like a 101, class 101 on how to, how to walk on water. Jesus, He doesn't do that. At this part of the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus talks about anxiety rather than all of those things. He talks about worry. And He does this because He's concerned for you. And maybe someone needs to hear that in this room. See, maybe you've come to church over and over and over again throughout your life and maybe you've just forgotten the simple things about the Gospel. Jesus Christ is concerned for you. As an individual in the, in the seat you're sitting in right now, Jesus is concerned for you. So maybe there are people, or, or there is one person even who's battling anxiety, who's constantly worried about maybe one thing or many things. Jesus is concerned for you. So these two words, and I've, I've been using anxiety and worry, they're interchangeable here in the New Testament. Um, In my text, I preach out of the ESV, that's the English Standard Version. But if you read out of maybe the NLT or the NIV, you'll see the word worry. Today we're going to see the word anxiety. And so we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, Jesus continues to speak to us directly. He says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. It's interesting. Jesus doesn't say their heavenly Father. The bird's heavenly Father is not God. He is our heavenly Father. Jesus is saying your heavenly Father feeds the birds. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So context when reading and studying the Bible is very important. Historical context, cultural context, what's happening in the world at the time that Jesus is speaking these words? And what's happening in the world when Jesus is speaking is that the Roman Empire is the most powerful force in all the universe at this moment. They are oppressing the Jewish nation. Rights are being stripped from them. Uh, Taxes have gone up. These already very uh, poor people in in, in Jesus' time, the people that Jesus is primarily speaking to are being even more oppressed by an authority and a government way more powerful than their own. Their freedom, it wasn't quite what it used to be. They're probably thinking that Yahweh's not in control. The Roman Empire is in control. I guarantee you they're discouraged. They're a, they are a discouraged nation. The people that Jesus is speaking to, I bet you the, the, the crowd at large is a group of people that, have, that are marginalized. They're poor. Many of them are financially struggling. These are the kind of people that can't afford health care. These are the kind of people that are late on their taxes, late on their rent, maybe late on their mortgage. These are the kind of people that have more month than money. These people are very relatable to people in our day. And the Messiah, the promised Savior of humanity, is speaking to these people. And this is what He's telling them. Three times Jesus says in verse 25, 31, and 34, Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. It's evident based on this text today that Jesus desires all of us to not be anxious. Of course, as soon as I say that, some of you are shaking your head. Well, then why am I always so anxious? Jesus obviously doesn't know what the world is like in 2020. Jesus obviously doesn't know what's, there's a worldwide pandemic, COVID-19, government shutdowns, shelter in places. Jesus obviously has never experienced anything like this. He doesn't obviously know what's happening in my world. But we know that's not the case. We just read all things were created by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. Heaven, earth, people, human beings, all things created by Him, through Him, and for him. Jesus. Jesus is not surprised by anything. And so he tells us not to be anxious. In fact, he says, don't be anxious like the world is anxious. See, we're all created by the world, but but we are set apart. We are God's children. So Jesus is saying, look, don't be anxious. The world, the non-believers, those who don't have the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they're worried. You don't have to be. And so if this is the case, then why are we so anxious? See, maybe you're not anxious or worried about anything right now, but, but maybe throughout your life, you have been. You've been anxious. You've been worried. As a follower of Jesus Christ, there have been seasons and times in your life where you have been anxious. So why are we anxious? And to answer that question, I think we have to answer this. What does it mean to be anxious? What, what is anxiety? If you were to look up a definition in the dictionary of anxiety, this is what you'd see. A feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about either an imminent event or an uncertain outcome. Now, the American Psychological Association defines anxiety a little different. They say, an emotion characterized by a feeling of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. So medically speaking, there are anxiety disorders. It is a clinical thing. Clinical anxiety, maybe you've heard of, they would characterize in the medical world like this. States of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, often with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. So signs of anxiety may include irritability, anger, sweating, unusual mood swings, rapid heartbeat, chest pain, exhaustion, nervous twitching, decreased concentration and memory, nausea, shortness of breath, hair loss, weight, weight gain or weight loss, panic, indecisiveness, indecisiveness, muscle tension, insomnia, high blood pressure, and so on and so forth. And of course, there's, there's, there is clinical anxiety, which is a medical condition. I don't think Jesus right now is talking about clinical anxiety. I don't think Jesus is talking about a medical condition. In light of what's happening in Jesus' world and what's happening in our world, the biblical definition I would give of anxiety is this. Anxiety is carrying concerns in this world in such a way that we lose perspective on life and or we lack trust in God. This is exactly the, the kind of anxiety and the kind of worry that you and I are tempted to have in a COVID-19 world right now. Amidst the political climate, amidst everything happening, not only in our city, in our county, in our state, country, or in the world, this is the kind of anxiety that we are tempted to have. The kind of worry where we say, I don't know that I trust that God is in control. I'm worried. I have anxiety. We're, we're tempted right now as believers and followers of Jesus Christ to lose our perspective. We're tempted to lack trust in God. And when talking to followers of Jesus, you and me, about a world that's crippled with anxiety, a world that's crippled with worry, Jesus says don't worry about your life. In verse 25, do not be anxious about your life. What you'll eat. What you'll drink. What you'll wear. And then Jesus goes on in some strange way and He says the antidote for anxiety is bird watching and pretty flowers. No medicine, no prescription drugs. Bird watching and pretty flowers. We may all agree that this is one of the craziest years in, since we've all been alive. Some of you have longer lived than me and, and you've seen crazy things, but this is, we all agree, a crazy year. Coronavirus, a political season, riots, all of these things that are occurring in our nation right now and across the globe. And Jesus is saying, look at the birds. Like everything happening in your world and mine right now, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is saying, Look at the birds. They're not worried about anything. They're just chirp, chirp, chirping away. Because they're not worried. They're not watching CNN right now. They're not watching Fox News. They're not scrolling through their Facebook trying to see the most recent political quote. They're not worried about what's coming next. And you want to know why? Jesus tells us. Because they know that God will provide for them. So if the birds know that God will provide for them, Jesus is saying, you can know that too. You can know God will provide for you too. Just as He provides for the birds. And the reason that you can know that is you are far more valuable than birds. In fact, you and I are God's most precious of all of His creation. We're made in His likeness. We're made in His image. You and I are eternally valuable to God. And so Jesus goes on and He starts talking about flowers and He says they're really pretty. And In fact, King Solomon has nothing on blue bonnets. And then verse thirty he says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will not will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. Jesus says the the flowers and the grass, they're beautiful and they're here one day and then and then the next they're not. They're dead. Now think about that. We love flowers let's be honest, we we all love flowers. Flowers look good. Flowers even smell good. Flowers make things look good. They make houses look good. They make flower beds look good. They make uh, your yards look good. They make churches look good. We have flowers in this church, whether they're real or fake. There's something about flowers. They're pretty. They make things look good. Flowers even make highways look good. Some of us are crazy enough to go take pictures with flowers on the highway with car after car going 80 miles an hour just driving right past us. And some of us are bold enough to take some of those flowers with us. And one of those flowers, at least in this state, if you take it, it's, that's unforgivable sin. But we love our flowers. They're pretty. Yet, they're only here for a, a, a little bit. They're pretty and they smell good one day, and then the next day they're dead. They're gone within a matter of days. Flowers, either we steal them from the highway, or we pay for them at the grocery store, or we we pay an expensive amount of money at a flower shop for, for flowers that will die in just a few days. Yet God has given them beauty and purpose, even if it's just for a short time. What Jesus is saying to you and to me is, God feeds the birds. He clothes the pretty flowers, even though they die tomorrow. Why are you worried about what you'll eat and what you drink and what you'll wear? It's in- interesting. Uh, Jesus, right before He talks about anxiety, He, he talks about money. You remember, when you see the word therefore, which we see at the very beginning of verse 25, we, we always ask the question, what's it there for? Which means we always consider what was said immediately leading up to this passage. And what Jesus is talking about immediately leading up to this passage is money. He's talking about storing up treasures on this earth compared to storing up treasures in heaven. He's talking about kingdom building. Whose kingdom are you building? Jesus says, look, don't store up treasures on this earth. What Jesus is not saying is is don't save your money. He's not saying don't build a, a budget. He's not saying don't provide for your family. He's not saying you know don't buy a house and live in it. And, and Jesus isn't saying any of those things. What Jesus is saying is, look, don't covet your money. Don't make your money your God. Don't store up for yourself all of this money on this earth that will eventually just pass away. But use it for the glory of God. Spend your life building up treasures in heaven. How can you use what God has given you for the glory of God? of His name. For the glory of His renown. Don't lord over your money. Don't lord over or covet your material possessions as if they're your God. That's what Jesus is saying because a bank account can empty itself. Stock markets can crash. Housing market can plunder. The economy will change. Jesus is saying, don't put your hope in these things. Put your hope in God. So He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth, but rather... Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where they will never spoil and they, were, they will never fade. So the question is, what kind of kingdom are you living for right now? What kind of kingdom are you living for right now? Because Jesus says, right before he gets into this passage about anxiety, you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. My friend and I, we always joke with one another uh, under this aspect of, of want versus need. So I may say, you know, I have a coffee maker in it, but I need a new one. And, and mine works, it's just old and it's outdated, and some new ones have come on the market, and, and mine's not broken, but I'd rather just get a new one. And he'd say, well, that's a, that's a want, not a need. You want it, but you, but you don't need it. Maybe I want to go buy a new shirt, and the shirt's $80, and, but I can get a shirt that I can easily wear into public that covers my you know, chest and all of that. It's just, it's half the price. That shirt, although it's 80, it's a want. It's not a need, it's just a want. The point is, I think that we get confused sometimes on what we want rather than what we need and how God fits into that very equation. Take example, for example, the stimulus check. When we got those stimulus checks, man, that was a, that was a game changer. $1,200 is a lot of money, especially if you have kids and you're married, you got even more. No doubt that helped, especially in times when, when many people are stressed and we're anxious and we're worried, getting a check from the government. My wife and I got a couple of those checks. Let me just say, they helped. It was nice to receive that money. People are losing their jobs. Those checks were helpful. But here's the thing. If we are seeking a check as a way to suppress our anxiety, we will quickly become anxious again. If we are seeking a check as a way to suppress our anxiety, we will quickly become anxious again you know, that stimulus check is, a, is just a quick fix. It's a temporary resolution. It, it takes care of things in the interim, in the short term. It helps pay your mortgage. It helps pay y- your gas for your vehicle. It helps pay your light bill. It, it helps maybe pay your rent or your car payment. And for 30 days, you're solid. You're good. You're, your world is in control until the next 30 days comes around. You see, for 30 days, you were solid. You weren't anxious about nothing. Everything was taken care of. But but well, in 30 days, that, that mortgage circles back around again. That car payment circles back around again. You've got to put gas in your That circles back around again. And all of a sudden, you're faced with the same problem you had 30 days prior. A stimulus check is only good for the, for the short term. It's a quick fix. Jesus is saying, look, don't put your hope in... An, there's, there's been a rumor of another stimulus check. I believe God in His Word is saying, don't put your hope in a stimulus check. Don't put your, your Ultimately, do not put your hope, hope in a certain candidate. Don't put your hope in the stock market. Don't, don't put your hope in people. I can guarantee you this, there's never been a president in U.S. history who's ever kept every promise he ever made. And a stimulus check will only table your anxiety for a short time. Money will not sustain you in the long term. Jesus is saying, fix your eyes on the King of kings and Lord of lords. Put all of your hope in Him. He's worthy of our trust. So back to the text. It's interesting what Jesus says next. In verse 31, He says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So essentially what Jesus is saying is anxiety should be normal for the world. It should not be normal for God's people. Last week we talked about prayer and how Jesus says, hey, when you pray, you are praying not only to the God of the universe, but you're praying to your Father who is in heaven. And Jesus says last week, and He's saying again today, your Father in heaven knows exactly what you need. You have a heavenly Dad that knows your every need. What is it that you need right now? What is it that you need Maybe it's uh, money. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's better health. What is it that you need? God knows what you need. And what happens is the enemy allows anxiety and worry to defeat us as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. And it will, it will cru- Anxiety will crush your spirit and it will keep you from enjoying God. That's what it does to believers. It keeps you from enjoying God. Jesus doesn't want that for you. Jesus has given us Himself. He, he lives in us through the Holy Spirit. The God who created the heavens and the earth lives in you if you're in Christ. So what's the response then, Nate? If we're supposed to be anxious, Jesus says don't be anxious, and then what do we do? Here's what we do. But Seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All of them. It's a promise. Not only does God know, exactly what you need, but He promises to supply you with exactly what you need. Now, what I'm not saying is God will give you everything you want. That's not what God's Word is saying. What it's saying is He'll give you exactly what you need. You know, you can, you can get pretty much anything you could ever want or need on uh, Amazon. Anything. You, if you need... Uh, Batteries, you can get it off Amazon. Uh, if you need socks, you can get it off Amazon. If you, need, you don't even have to go to the store. You can, if you need a book, you can get it off Amazon. If you need a knife, you can get it off Amazon. You know what? You can get toilet paper, unless you're in the middle of a pandemic, off Amazon, which I still don't understand that to this very day. You can get anything you could ever want and need off of Amazon. You don't have to go anywhere. But what about when you need strength? What about when you need courage? What about when you need hope? What about when you need life? See, Amazon can't give you strength when you're feeling weak. Amazon can't give you courage when you're afraid. Amazon can't give you hope when you're hurting. And Amazon certainly can't give you eternal life when you die. Amazon is good for, for certain things and but they can't give you what what God can give you. Amazon may give you what you want. God gives you what you really, truly need. He's capable of giving you, actually, the Bible says, abundantly more than you're asking, thinking, or even imagining at this very moment. Because He loves you. And how do we know He loves you? Because the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross is proof. So Jesus says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I want to end by sharing with you this story. You remember in the Old Testament the story of Moses? Uh, Moses encounters God through a burning bush. He's awestruck. Well, Moses, uh, God gives Moses this this job. I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And Moses responds with, you know, uh, I don't think I'm the right guy. I don't speak well. I'm not eloquent at all. I think you, should send some, I think you got the, right, the wrong guy. Well, God brings His brother Aaron into the mix, and, and before, Moses, before God sends Moses and Aaron to speak to Pharaoh, He sends them to the elders and leaders over Israel. And He tells them, Hey, I, I've heard my people's cry for help. I, I've heard their cries and, and tell them I'm coming and I'm going to deliver them out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses and Aaron, when you go and you tell the elders of Israel that I've heard their cry, I want you to perform these miraculous signs to prove to them that I've heard their cry. And so they did that. Moses and Aaron, they, they took the staff and, and they performed these miracles. And, and the people of Israel responded, and this is what they said. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped him. There's something that every single one of us in this room, we need to know. God is concerned for us. It's interesting because their response wasn't, okay, let's gather, let's, let's, let's go to church. No, their, their response was they bowed down and they worshiped Him. We're talking about a people that had been slaves for 400 years, had been crying and crying out to God, help us, God, deliver us now the time has come and they, they're bowing down and they're worshiping Him because God was concerned for them. Look, maybe in the season of life you've been miserable. You're so anxious. You're so worried. You, you don't have as much money as you'd like. You're having marital problems or maybe it's your husband doesn't want to come to church with you. Whatever it is, you're, you're just, every now and then you're, just, you're miserable. And God sees your misery and He is concerned for you. In the very seat that you're sitting in right now, God is concerned for you. That's how valuable you are to God. He is concerned for you. And so here's what I want to do. I, there's no doubt in my mind, we, we all have some kind of worry or anxious thought that's just deep within us right now. I want to ask you to do something. This, it might require some boldness on your part. But that card you received on your way in, I want to ask you, to write on that card, what, what is it right now in this season of life in 2020 that has you anxious? What is it in this life, in this season of life right now in 2020, in your family, in your life, in your, in your marriage, in your relationship, at your job, whatever it is that's happening? Is it, is it this election? What's going to happen in the future? Whatever it is that's got you worried and anxious, I want you to write it down on that card. Now, you can write it in a word, you can write it in a sentence, and you don't have to put your name on it. The Apostle Peter says, cast all your anxieties on Him for He cares for you. Jesus cares for you and He is concerned for you. And so I want to ask you not only to write that down on that note card, but I want to ask you to bring it to this cross. And I'm going to be the first one to do this. I'm going to write something that that I'm worried about. And again, you don't have to write your name on it. And I want you to just come up here and I want you to post it on this cross. I don't want what it is that's got you worried in this life or anxious to keep you from worshiping your God in a way that you just have an overflowing of joy because you know that He's in control and... And that He provides for your every need. And so I want you to come forward as we worship during this whole song. Maybe you need a moment to think about it. Just come up and and pin whatever it is that's got you worried and anxious today on that cross. And just leave this building knowing that Jesus can handle it. That He wants to take it off of your shoulders. That His blood is sufficient for your salvation. And if His blood is sufficient for your salvation, His blood is certainly for what it is that's got you anxious. And so I'm going to pray. You can come up as I pray. You can come up as we worship together and just post whatever it is that's got you anxious today on that cross, knowing when you leave, you don't have to be anxious about it anymore. Father in heaven, I thank you so much, God, for your word. I thank you that that you are presently with us in this very moment. God, there may be people, maybe they don't They don't want to write something down, but Lord, You know their heart. And and Father, I pray that they would would do this and and bring it to Your cross. And and Lord, knowing that You are with them, that Your Spirit lives in them, and that when they leave this building, they don't have to worry about that thing anymore. Because You say in Your Word that You provide for our every need. Everything that we need, God, You give it to us. may not be in our timing. may not be how we expect it, but God, You say that You you give us what we need. And so Lord, I pray in this moment, Father, through Your Holy Spirit, Spirit. Do a work in us. Help us. Relieve us of this anxiety. I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.